0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to GameSpot's Deep Dive into Destiny 2 The Witch Queen. This will be hopefully the first of many deep dives that we're going to be doing on uh, a bunch of different uh, big games coming out. Um, This is kind of a thing we've been wanting to do where we kind of like just have the opportunity to kind of talk more specifically about one game than we would normally get to do on the podcast. Um, We've done these in the past, but we're trying to do these more on the regular. And, well, Destiny seems like a good place to start because we got a couple of people here who are very passionate about Destiny, as I'm sure you know if you listen to After Dark regularly. I'm, of course, joined by uh, Phil Lorshaw. (laughs) Hey, how's it going? (laughs)
1: <laughs> and
0: uh david amati i didn't have a good pun uh, name. Yeah, so i was about good. to say I, I was like i, I, don't I think... thought up phil lorshaw off the top of my head and i was like shit i don't got anything else <laughs>
2: can can lightning strike twice <laughs>
0: <laughs> the destiny boys uh here to talk about uh the witch queen expansion which is i uh, I mean, uh, so to get into it, uh, for, for those who are listening who maybe aren't familiar with Destiny, we're going to uh, start the discussion by just talking relatively spoiler-free, uh, just sort of our initial impressions of it, how we feel about the expansion, um, to kind of like, you know, so give you an opportunity to get how we feel about it. And then eventually we will transition to a more spoilery discussion for those who maybe care a little bit more about the the deep lore and story and all what all that means so we'll, we'll make a pretty clear break when we switch over to that part of the podcast uh but yeah first off we're just gonna start with how we're feeling it um david why don't i go with you how's witch queen been treating you
2: oh it's been treating me great i i mean just straight up i've been having such a good time with it you know i i've been working on by the time you guys hear this episode i'll have a video up breaking down the uh the witch queen campaign from a fairly spoiler free perspective and one of the things that stood out to me i think the most was when launch happened i mean we were together right on the live stream you guys like we were all mm-hmm. yeah. you know suited up ready to go hyped we're like okay we're gonna blast through this campaign and there was part of me that was kind of expecting to go through the campaign almost like as fast as possible for that power grind just to get like get to the end game be safe for day 1 you know our our day 1 raid team we were all kind of planning before launch like what's the best way to level up and just like go through all the the content and within like a mission or two i had to like stop and go like oh my god i need to i need to take my time this is just so great you know and right off the bat i think it's like the aesthetic and the design of the throne world blew me away Straight mm. up. It was just amazing. Just one of the most beautiful locations ever. We've been missing that kind of an element ever since the dreadnought went away when you know D2 came out. And God, I just I am obsessed with this campaign.
1: Phil, what about you? Uh yeah, man. I'm I'm really loving it. I played the entire thing through on the new legendary difficulty, which is We'll you know, like talk a about uh, that. yeah, it's a it's a it's a challenge for sure. It's designed to feel more like the uh, the end game content that makes Destiny Two so good. It was great. Um, It's just like the best designed campaign Bungie has put out for Destiny. Period. Like that's just the fact. It feels more like the stuff that has really made Destiny Two stand out. The thing about Destiny Two and Destiny One, really, is that. The shooting mechanics have always been really strong, but yeah. a lot of the, the lower level content has been fairly like whatever it's a, it's a bit generic. It feels like a shooter, but it doesn't feel like a special shooter. A lot of the time, right? It's just like yeah. you run from room to room, you fight a bunch of enemies. Sometimes there's a boss that he's kind of a bullet sponge, whatever, whatever. It's like, there wasn't anything like, especially cool about those fights, especially in vanilla D one. It's gotten better over the years for sure, because we're now in like year seven. Of destiny, but you know, that was, that was the issue with the story campaign. It was, it was built to be the accessible part of the game. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and thus it was kind of like the less interesting part. And then you get into the six player raids and you know, the end game dungeons and you get to what makes destiny so cool that it's actually worth putting in all this time. And you get these like really involved mechanical fights that require. A lot of teamwork and communication, and like everybody has a different role, and everybody is is working together toward a, a a bigger goal in the fight. And it's not just stand together and shoot this enemy. Um, all that stuff that makes the end game content good is now in the story content, and you can play it alone. And even if you are playing it alone, it still like challenges you to jump around and leave cover and prioritize enemies and deal with mechanics and like find your way through a maze while you're fighting a boss or, right. you know, it, it's all that cool yeah. stuff that has really pushed the envelope of shooter creativity that has made destiny remarkable and made made the game something that has lasted for seven years is now in the part that everybody can play straight out of the gate, you know, even alone, even with a team of three. Even at regular difficulty, even at legendary difficulty, you don't have to grind up to be ready for this thing at any sense. Where you've always have to put in a lot of time to get into the cooler content in Destiny. It's always been that way. And now it isn't. Now everybody can play it. It's it's great. It's awesome. I had an awesome time with it. Um, but even, you know, if you didn't want to go for the harder challenge of the legendary difficulty, it'd still be good because it's it's just well made. It's like a cool creative interestingly designed shooter that doesn't feel like any other shooter on the market.
0: Yeah, I mean that's always been the problem with Destiny like you were kind of saying is like I mean it's Bungie, right? They're the Halo mm. people. They make like hey like the, the Halo campaigns have like a legendary status as some of the best shooter campaigns of all time. So it it's always been like kind of shocking how uh whatever the like campaigns of Destiny have been because you they're like aren't you like the Halo guys? And it, it's yeah. like so it's <laughs> I mean, this is sort of like, you know, it's weird that like, this is both a praise and and sort of a like a negative that it's like, we're finally at this point now where it's like, this feels like it is rivaling some of Bungie's best stuff with Halo. But yes. it also took him, like you said, like seven years seven to get years. to this point. Like, it's crazy. The, Trump-
1: <laughs> the struggle with Destiny has always been that it felt like Bungie was figuring out how to make destiny as it was making it the whole time oh you know so it's like it that's the whole thing is like they've been learning how to do this live game thing for years now and yeah but even on you know destiny one day one basically it's like you get to that vault of glass raid way back in whatever year that was and now i forget (laughs) but but uh 2014 i believe yes so i was i was reviewing destiny one and i was like this game is fine whatever you know i go through the first Mm -hmm. week i'm like the power grind is terrible the strikes are kind of repetitive uh i really like how the guns feel i really like how the shooting feels but this is a middling game and then we and then vault dropped and it was like oh shit this is the thing right here this is what destiny is and it's always felt like bungie has struggled to figure out how to make that stuff that really cool stuff part of the whole package and like you know excessive or approachability, I think has been the issue in like getting casual players in and giving them something they can handle and also balancing that with the veterans. and this is the first time it really feels like it does that like yeah. it's really found that middle ground between both kinds of players and both kinds of destiny experience.
0: So you know what's like a perfect example of that is, is you were talking about like Destiny One campaign, like yeah, it's just like every, every room just feels like. I walk in a room, enemies show up, I shoot them, I move on. You scan My ghost says a thing to me, you scan something. It's really dull. Right. And then you go to the raid and you're like, there's like mechanics. And, yep. and mm-hmm. the, when you play, uh, like a perfect example is the uh, second, I think it's the second mission in uh, the campaign of Witch Queen, uh, Ghost. Um, oh, the third. I think that's the third. third one. It's the third. Okay. Mm. That one has. is, like, this idea of them, like, being like, oh, wait, maybe we should put, like, mechanics into these missions that you actually have to learn. So they have this, uh... when, When you're playing that mission, you'll be slowly introduced to, like, oh, hey, uh, there are these crystals that you need to shoot that sort of, like, um, remove the barrier that lets you get through this door. And then they introduce, hey, um the crystals have these little shields around them. So you need to find these specific enemies and kill them before you could shoot the crystals. And so, like, okay, and, like, each room layers on that mechanic, and then it's like, okay, now there's this, there's this, there's this like, big boss that's kind of, like, stalking you, and you can't kill him, and you need to run around, and you need to destroy these crystals to get rid of his shield so that you can attack him. And then, finally, they bring all of that together in, like, this really intense... Uh, difficult boss fight, but yeah, that, because like they slowly have like built up the mechanics of it. It isn't just oh hey this is a fight where you just shoot the dude. It's like there's there's this actual like you know you have to actually learn what to do and like you but you understand it because they've slowly like seeded in yes. how to do it and that it's like they've been doing that in the raids in like the dungeons in the high level content for years now,
3: mm-hmm. but
0: they've never brought that to the uh campaign in a way that I feel like they're now doing like they've really learned a lot of lessons from like a, what actually makes like the mechanics of destiny good in the raid stuff and be like what if we actually do that in the single player.
1: It's Yeah, a, it's a, it's this great balance of of you know shooter the shooter feel, the twitch reaction, quick aim, catch the guy, you know, make sure you're killing the right enemies, prioritizing the battlefield, moving mm-hmm. around cover. All that stuff is there, but it also like, it's smarter. It makes you think more, use your brain more, yeah. you know, that's what was so cool about the raids and, and what's I think remarkable about the campaign is that like, it has the feeling of the raid stuff without the teamwork requirement, which yeah. is what has always made the raids really cool is that it's not only really smart, but you, there are six people and you can only do one sixth. Of this fight, you know, you need somebody else to, Mm -hmm. to stand over there, or shoot that thing or whatever. And, uh, and it's, they've managed to distill those ideas down to like, it still feel, it still feels smart. It still feels like you have to use different parts of your brain while also doing all the shooting, but you don't necessarily need to bring a bunch of other people in and do the scheduling that, that, that would require because that's the, that's the real Raid mechanic and trying to get <laughs> six people together at the same time. Yeah, that's always and, been yeah, the... it's just great. It just feels so good. I love it.
0: That's always been the barrier with Destiny. Is like, mm-hmm. I, do I have to play this with like friends? I have to like get a group together, and and so it's like the campaign in theory should be that like solo experience that you can have, but it's just never been up to snuff.
1: I got to Let me just, I I don't want to interrupt too much, but I do want to say that the one thing you forgot to mention in that fight that you just described was that it all happens in the dark. Yes. <laughs> yes you yes. can't oh, see yeah. anything. Yeah, that's, it's yes. so good. You have to shoot the walls. There are these like weird glowing orange pustules you know, like, yes. on the walls and you have to shoot them and they drop like luminescent goo on the ground that allows you to see the pathway through the maze, but they go away and after that, a while. Yes. And for just see. a moment for just a moment. So you're, see. you're running from a guy you can't kill who is stalking you like the freaking alien, uh, in the movie alien. <laughs> and you've got a million guys to shoot who are all over the place. And you're trying to find this one crystal that's hidden in this maze and it's dark. Yeah. And there are like, oh, it's just. It's so cool. And it's such a it,
0: great. It's so intense, but it like yes. it it feels like you
1: know what you're doing
0: when you're actually there at that mission because like I said, the earl- the rest of the all the mission before the boss fight is like teaching you like these different elements. Like you'll have this platforming section where it's teaching you just about the 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 glowing like luminescent like bulbs that like light up mm-hmm. and so you're like, "Okay, now I know that. Now I know the crystals." And then it starts combining all that stuff together. Yes. Like a video game. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah.
2: It's it feels great. I I just I love that idea of teaching and it's kind of like what Jean-Luc was saying where the dungeons and the raids have been doing this where your first encounter introduces a mechanic and then the second encounter will keep that mechanic but just add like a little twist to it that you have to adapt to and it feels like Bungie may have been maybe they were they were nervous about putting this into like normal story content like maybe they thought it would be too challenging or too confusing but they do such a good job of teaching. Uh, those mechanics and encounters in other activities and they've gotten better about it as like they've made more raids and made more dungeons that maybe they just finally felt the confidence to be like, you know what, we can throw this in uh to the story campaign. And I mean we're we're ramping up the difficulty anyway with this legendary uh difficulty. And our most of our player base, they know what to look for now. Like when you go into a raid or a dungeon, you're kind of searching for these things, right? You're searching for what is the mechanic that I'm supposed to find? What what's kind of like catching my eye that i have to be aware of and in the story mission specifically that ghost mission you guys are referencing it was kind of the same thing i mean you know it's like oh he's immune that's an immediate tell that i have to look for something or i have to shoot something right and so kind of like the search begins and yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's so cool and just that that whole encounter was so damn intense and just being stalked that entire time having uh just the different, you know, barons in that encounter that you had to kill. But then there's all these like rune glyphs and the egg sacs that are giving the light. I, that That's a level of 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 just like th- that's a combination you would never, ever find in any destiny mission before Witch Queen
1: ever. Yeah, I struggle to think of another shooter that is doing this sort of thing in this way. Yeah, you know? like and this, it's the, really the thing that keeps me playing this game. Yeah. And yeah, I think you might be right. I think it's that... Uh, I don't know that... I think Bungie is, is feeling confident enough in... I mean, the design has always been there. That's the thing, right? Like, we've been playing this the whole time. It's always been this good. It's just a matter of, like... I think the 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 fear was that it was too much to drop on people who were too new or, or too casual or something. But it, this proves to me that Bungie can do it in such a way that anybody could, I feel like anybody could get through this, Yeah. like a new player can jump into this campaign and, and still get what they're laying down here. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, they can totally figure it out. You know? Yeah.
1: It's like, I mean, it's great. It's, it's, it's that well designed It's that it teaches you that well to me. Um, you know, there's a lot of weird stuff in destiny and it's a hard game to onboard into, but as far as like the shooting part, this is it's just perfect like it's it's just it feels great it's all this is really yeah. really strong and i i hope that they learn from this that they can do this all the time because yeah. they should be it's yeah. great
0: I, and and the other aspect that we kind of touched on earlier that i think really enhances the campaign is the legendary difficulty because that's mm, the 100%. other thing is like not only was it just the mechanics it was that there is never any real sense of challenge even yeah, in yes. just the combat, it, it always felt so like you're just going through the motions, you're not really caring. And and I really do think something as simple as a, a difficulty tweak can really change the way a game feels. And, and, and I think uh, as somebody who uh, started on Legendary and then actually switched over to Classic because um, I was I kind of just wanted to get through the campaign, I do end up regretting that because I thought Classic was way too easy. And mm-hmm. I found myself being like, oh, this is uh, like I'm, I'm I'm just kind of going through the motions again, you know, and, right. I, and I actually do want to go back and play it on legendary, partly because I need to get that uh, that high level loot. Um, <laughs> so I kind totally. of screwed myself over on that. And but uh, yeah, like, uh, David, um, I know you were just like loving uh, the legendary oh, yeah. difficulty and what it brought to the game.
2: Yeah, it it was it was really awesome. I mean, you know, there's actually a pretty distinct difference between the legendary difficulty as a fire team of three versus going in solo. And your Mm, mileage might vary. But for me, I thought going in solo was actually easier. Like I had an easier time playing solo versus being in the fire team with you guys because the difficulty scales based on your fire team. Right. So when we Mm, were all three of us together the the like all the minions there was way more ads way more minions and the bosses themselves had way more health and so we were like i mean it was tense out there not to mention when you are in a fire team you have the raid token mechanic so if you if you die um you have limited revives and unlike uh grandmaster nightfalls or like other high level uh nightfall strikes where you could kind of like regain a revive by killing champions or whatever there's no such thing here in this campaign. So, you know, there was that second mission that we were on the live stream for where, you know, one of us died and all of a sudden this timer starts counting down from like 20 seconds and we're like, wait a minute. Oh, this is <laughs> this is risky. Like, we can't, you know. I mean, yeah. I'm running around like an idiot with the glaive like trying to like melee uh, a knight that could one-shot me and I'm realizing <laughs> that like, that like this is like making it really, really difficult. But whereas being solo, you have, uh, you know, kind of like the boss health being scaled down a little bit. So you still have to be careful, but you're not really kind of like doomed if, uh, if too many, you know, uh, teammates wipe and you have the benefit of having mm-hmm. like the minions being s- somewhat weaker. Uh, I will say that, like, I really appreciated the fact that I, um, that level cap made me go back and kind of bring up and infuse my, um my general end game loadout. Like I crushed Galahorn that whole campaign And, um, you know, I realized that since there was like this power cap, I didn't really have to like focus on, oh, I have this, you know, blue SMG with a higher light level. I need to put this in. No, no, no. I can just bring up some of my legendary gear that uh, is at a certain power level within that cap and it can be relevant. Not to mention Mm -hmm. really focusing on like armor mods and trying to get myself all souped up and ready to go. Uh, yeah, dude, that, that legendary campaign was absolutely incredible. There was like two specific missions. Much later in the story, that gave me a lot of trouble, but the rest of it, um, it was just high action, high octane, frenetic, sweating my ass off. You know, it, it was it was a great time for sure.
0: I do think what you said speaks to one complaint I have, which is, uh, like I said, I think classic is maybe a little too easy. It's 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 there's not much challenge to it. Legendary is perfect for like you know the the regular destiny players because it's like time to bring in my exotics time to bring in all my good gear i do think if you are a starting player there should i i wish there was one more like in between difficulty you need your heroic in the middle because it's like i need something i think players should have something a little more challenging than classic difficulty but Legendary is not something a new player would be able to really like drop into and have a fun time because you're like, right. I just started this game. I don't have any like exotics I got, yeah, to, like you know, optimized right. There's no or mods, anything.
2: like, there's nothing. So, mm-hmm. I would love yeah, to see, <laughs>
0: I would love to see Bungie either like boost up classic just a little bit or maybe add one more in between totally because um, I think that would be a little, little helpful.
1: Um, anyway, yeah, that's, sorry, a, that's gonna, a fair, yeah. that's
2: a fair middle ground for sure.
1: I do. I do love that this approach suggests that they're doing they're thinking that way, you know, mm-hmm. they're thinking like they thought when they made Halo and and stuff like that. And there are, you know, there are a lot of activities that have multiple difficulties throughout Destiny. Um, But bringing that down to the to the base level of the game really makes it feel a lot more like other shooters um, in a way that like it's. I think the big struggle that Bungie always has is that there are a lot of different kinds of destiny players and it's always trying to provide an experience for all of them. And that can be difficult, you know, like that's what classic is. Classic is for the most casual people in the game, basically. Right. And yeah, I, I, it's, if we can get legendary proves that there's a way to serve multiple people with the same stuff. Right. Like, I think that's, that's kind of what that, um, Is best at is that is like okay this this difficulty option brings The veteran people something they can really get into in the story campaign without having to adjust The story campaign all that much right like it's still it's still viable content We can go back to it and play it again and again mm-hmm. Which is the, the whole destiny thing is like having mm-hmm. to replay stuff is how it works. Yeah, and now we've got this whole big chunk of awesome missions that are super replayable. And yeah. So like throwing another difficulty mode in there, hopefully that's something that the developer can do later. Um, or, you know, in future expansions and stuff, because yeah, it like it provides that one little extra thing that gives more people, more opportunities to play the same stuff over again and find new things about it to like.
0: Yeah. I, I, I completely Sorry, I agree. No, <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> that's me agreeing with you. Um, Yeah. Uh, how do you, how'd you guys feel about the, uh, the, the hive guardians and what they loved in the game? I loved it. Super
2: good. I I absolutely Mm -hmm. loved it. I mean, they were, you know, they were infuriating at times, specifically the the (laughs) acolyte, that acolyte can go fuck off, but like, (laughs) um, but at the same time, I, I absolutely love them. I, you know, it, it felt like they were, they filled this void that, uh, up until now, like champions have been kind of used to fill that void and i know there are a lot of folks that don't like champions because it restricts your loadout and it kind of feels like it might be like an arbitrary uh level of difficulty which i mean that's another discussion i personally think champions are fine but the uh the light bearers right the light bearing uh hive mm-hmm. i thought it was a perfect replacement because it fundamentally changed the way that i approach killing these enemies because. Up until now, you're thinking, OK, I just need to kill these bad guys, whether it be a minion, a major, a boss, whatever it is. But now I'm not only thinking of how I'm supposed to kill these enemies, especially at this legendary difficulty. But I have to mm-hmm. think about when I'm going to kill them, because if there are a lot of adds and, and, and minions just like kind of scattered around the area and I happen to target this um, this bearer hive, this you know guardian hive that's trying to kill me. If I kill him too soon, there's no free reign for me to go and approach the uh the ghost right because you have to kill the ghost otherwise those uh the light bearers they resurrect themselves and you know there was plenty of times, especially because I'm solo that I like killed a wizard and I was like, okay, now's my chance and I step out of cover and I just get annihilated immediately <laughs> you know because right. there's still like all these ads left around so it became this like kind of uh this game of chess where i'm whittling down that uh the health bar but i'm also trying to be aware of how many ads are around me, how many minions are around me and just trying to like keep this delicate balance in check. And it uh it also prevented me from just kind of camping in a corner and like shooting everything from range. That's usually been like kind of the go to is you stay in a safe place, pick everyone off and then you're good to go. But this one felt a lot more like i had to Kind of get into the trenches and engage with the uh, with the enemy. So that man, that loosened Brood is super cool. And there's also like those moths, right? Man, those moths absolutely wrecked oh, my day. Those moths. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. The moths are a nice little touch for uh, for those who don't know. They, they're these little like I don't know. It's like like an enemy will glow, and so it's like they have a little like moth floating around them. And if you like shoot that moth perfectly, it'll explode. And it's just it's so satisfying when you see that and yeah. you just like oh, pop yeah. it right there. You know, or like it's uh it's flying towards another enemy or it's flying to you and you just like midair just like beam like ooh.
2: You can yeah. use it to your advantage, a... right? It's like the mm-hmm. monster's yeah.
1: such a good idea. I love I love the mechanical addition. There's so they're just like a minor thing. A lot of enemies in in Destiny have shields, right? Yeah. And you shoot the enemy a little bit with a gun for a minute and the shield goes away, but it's like extra it's like you know, it's just an overshield like Halo. It's just yeah. extra damage. Usually there's a, There are some mechanics to this, if you're not familiar with, like, different uh, weapon types and, like, elements that benefit you one way mm. or another if you use the right gun. But with the moths, they don't have an element. They're just... It's just extra damage. But if you break the shield, then the moth appears over the enemy, mm. and it flies around, and it can fly to another enemy and give that enemy a shield, or you can shoot it and it explodes like a grenade. So, like, yeah, it, it adds all these extra little gameplay mechanics to any given fight right like oh you see a moth guy that means you're gonna have to shoot that guy twice as much but the benefit is if you're on the ball if you've got quick aim about it you shoot that moth guy you shoot the shield off him he's vulnerable for a minute but you ignore him and you shoot the moth and then the moth explodes and kills like five other yeah it's like a mini war mine cell you know but if you screw it up then Another dude, a potentially much more annoying and difficult enemy to kill could end up shielded. So yeah. like there's this whole like risk reward gamble thing. You've got to pay attention. And also, yeah, the moths can fly. If, They'll if come across you. For them. <laughs> yeah, if the moth, if there's nobody for the moth to shield, the moth comes after you. <laughs> or if you're too close and it just flies straight at you and blows you up and it sucks. They like, hurt, They hit man. you really hard. They hurt. <laughs> and so like you have to worry about the moths. You can't just like shoot the shield off and like okay whatever or you just ignore that enemy if you're not paying attention to the moths the moths are helping the enemy the moths are are potentially taking you out i've seen people get wrecked by moths and just like totally annihilated in the middle of a mission or whatever and it's just this one little thing is like shields you already know about shields but we made the shield alive and like that's that's (laughs) such a good addition to every fight it's so cool oh man Mm mm-hmm
0: I think the uh the other thing I want to kind of touch on with the campaign is the environments in this game. Oh
2: god, yes. The,
0: it is, I mean, look, Bungie has always in my opinion had the best art team in the business, bar none. Ever. Maybe yep. maybe maybe like, you know, for me they they stand tall with like From Software and like some of their best yep. stuff. Mm. Yep. And uh, this one in particular is like their new like high bar uh it's better than the the um the dreaming city in my opinion like some of the the designs of savathune stone world is just absolutely gorgeous i mean i mentioned i just mentioned from software like there's uh the uh apothecary mission when you're wandering yeah. around her uh her castle i guess i don't even know what you call it like and you're seeing like just these like impossible like structures and these waterfalls it had almost this like we were describing as like a reverse bloodborne feel yeah where yep. it's like it's like bloodborne but everything's like white and shiny yeah and it's just like it's so gorgeous and and what's amazing about it is that every campaign level feels unique because Yeah, that's it another feels thing different, that people right? complain about with destiny very rightfully so is it's like well you're kind of repeating a lot of the same content you're repeating a lot of the same areas but yep. in this campaign every mission feels like a completely unique environment a unique location they take you to some places that like i didn't expect you to go that i won't kind of get into for spoiler reasons but like they, they it's like every mission had its own completely unique feel to it which is yep. like uh, man, that's like the sentiment of this whole conversation. It's just like, wow, it feels like a video game. But you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, <laughs> it it's feels so good. Complete. It's like, it feels, it feels complete. complete. Exactly. It's like they've they've finally like figured it out and stepped up their game and just like, oh my god, like yeah, some of the oh, some of the art is just oh, it's gorgeous. It's, <laughs> it's absolutely so incredible, breathtaking. it's breathtaking.
2: So Even like the Throne World, you know, you mentioned it's like it's like reverse Bloodborne. They they just nailed this beautiful 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 balance of being like just really pretty and ornamental and gorgeous but also like sickly you know what i mean like this like yeah greenish hue that like you know i mean this is clearly still darkness it's like a darkness and light fusion right and it's just ah oh, so good yeah, yeah.
1: It's, uh, t- i mean to put it in like dark souls terms it's like a castle sticking up out of a poison swamp yeah, yes. that's the, that's the <laughs> aesthetic of the yes. whole place. Yes. And what's so, what's really cool about it is that like, so it's three areas linked together in a big circle and moving between them or moving into, so it's, it's, you know, a big swamp and it's like a dark, gross. It's basically like a witch bayou, you, know, like yeah. it's very much a witch location. <laughs> it's dark and spooky, but then you move into the, into the fortress and even moving between those spaces kind of tells a story. Which is what I, really, what I really like about the art design of the whole place is that, you know, we get the set, we're, we're told that're the throne world of Savathun is a reflection of her mind. like she's created it through magic and etc. And so you move into these darker places, and these are like ruinous indications of the evil that you're dealing with, right? But then you go, but now they have the light. Which is a different power and it's a whole different like mindset. And you move from these swamps to these fortresses, and like you see these mud trails, right? Of just like tracked paths from the swamp into the gardens of the fortresses. And it's like there's these areas that are just like kind of gross where you can it's like not quite the immaculate garden yet it's mm-hmm. the it's the swamp kind of like washing up into the nice landscaped part, and just like the idea that that these two places are kind of bleeding together in an organic and like gross way, and that is also indicative of the characters that you're dealing with and the and the enemies that you run into and stuff like it's, yeah it's that same it's that same thing that people like about dark souls, you know it's like it's the way the environment tells a story that if you're paying attention to you're picking up on and you're getting a sense of like what this world is and what it means to be here and what these different places mean and why they exist the way they exist. it's super good. Like it's just the way those puzzle pieces fit together. It's really, I've been spending a lot of time just like driving around and like looking at stuff and, and there's just, there are a lot of secrets to uncover, but there are a lot of little tidbits to uncover just by like, looking around and seeing what things are and why they are. The fortress isn't really a city. It like, gives the sense of being a city within this place. It's not a city, though. I'm pretty sure it is a mausoleum. It's a big cemetery. Yeah. Which is just like, that's totally, once you start to look at it that way, it like totally changes your your feeling about the whole thing. And like that plays into the story a little bit as well. But yeah, it's like, what are all these tombs about? Why are all these statues here? What are all these temples? And they fit together in such a cool way. That yeah, shit, you're the, right. The whole environment. Yeah, it's, it's like nuts. I'm like, thinking the about it. It tells like tons every, of stories.
0: Every area is just like, oh, this is like a temple to honor this person who like died. I'm just like, yeah, every area is just like about like the uh, yeah, it's like it's like a a, a a yeah like a temple or, or just like this like place of reverence for this person mm. but it's not like yeah it's not like you're walking around and you're like oh this is the hive shop where they go and buy their bread or like something <laughs> right. like that right the whole place is a
1: weird <laughs> monument and like understanding what the weird monument is and what it's like why it was built the way it was built can be done just by looking around if you spend the time yeah. and like that's that's what's cool about bloodborne that's 100 percent what's cool about bloodborne and it's all here as well, and it's it's just like yeah, the art direction is super good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think the last thing we kind of want to like get into uh, before we go into our full just spoiler thing is just talking about like the brief feelings on the story. Um, I think we we kind of touched on this uh, in private a lot um, before this discussion, but I think we feel like the story is really good. But still not quite where it needs to be as far as like kind of getting everyone in on board. Uh, I think like the the biggest problem that Destiny has always had is how do you get new players into this experience and like how do you like bring them up to speed? And I think the game's always struggled with that, and I think the game still struggles with that but is also at the simultaneously this is going to sound contradictory they still struggle with bringing <laughs> new players in but they also are trying and them trying feels like it is also bringing down the players who are super invested like on one level i think this story goes way harder into like the deep lore of of destiny in way more than any other campaign has done, which as somebody who, like, really cares about that stuff, was like, this is great. Like, they're they serving me specifically. And I was also, in the back of my head, being like, oh, God, like, a new player would be like, what are you all talking about? This makes no <laughs> sense. But at the same time, it still felt like they were trying to keep some of the storytelling simple enough so that person can follow it. So it's like, I, I feel like it's not, it's not, it doesn't work where it's like they're trying to keep it simple for those new players, but they're also trying to they're not explaining enough of it. And they're bringing in too many deep cuts for that new player to really like actually get invested. If that makes sense. do not Is that how you guys felt about it?
1: No, totally. Yeah. But- uh, I think I think you're exactly right. Like there's this weird balancing act that destiny can't hasn't quite figured out yet still. Maybe right. never will at like, least not in this I don't, current it's, era. It's really, it may <laughs> never figure it out. I think we're the game is stuck dealing with a lot of past decisions that have created situations where it's like we're just that's just how it is because we did 900 lore cards for the grimoire in Destiny One, and mm-hmm. that's where a lot of the story is, and that's where it stays. Like we're just stuck with that. That's the that was the decision that got made in 2014. And that's the way the story is now, you know, and it's like, it's unfortunate, but I think that's kind of the thing that the narrative team has to to, to grapple with is that a huge amount of this game's story is background lore that is not in the game Mm -hmm. and it's just always going to be that way. And it's really unfortunate, but I do agree that a lot of it is in this campaign in a way that I think works and is manages to explain it well enough that you don't have to have read all the books of sorrow or whatever, which are really great. If you want to spend the time to read the lore, it's really, really good, but, and it makes, and it makes this all make a whole lot more sense, but the broad strokes make it into the game, which is really good because destiny has always struggled with that. Like the context Mm -hmm. coming into the game and we're seeing a lot more of it in the seasonal storytelling, which I think is where it's really, it's really working because the game doesn't have to, um, work as hard to bring in casual people, I guess. Yeah. This works, I think, for the most part in the campaign. Works better than it's ever be- worked before, and part of it is that, it, like, the game does a better job of explaining the the tidbits of the lore that you need to know, but the other thing is that, like, you understand the conflict part, right? The thing about, like, Destiny One story was, we were bouncing around from location to location, and you've got Ghost being, like, uh, something about Baryan extremes, blah blah blah, blah. and, <laughs> like, <laughs> He would rattle off a lot of this like Star Trek style jargon at you. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, I don't know what the hell you were talking. You can't just, you can't link four nouns together that I've never heard before. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Whereas this is like, this is a story about schemes and lies. And it's a big heist story. And you can kind of get the sense of it more or less yeah because you get who why it matters to the people involved the beyond light was really good about this too right Mm, yeah this is what i really liked about the beyond light story was that you've got two or three people on the radio even if they're not present in the mission like arguing about ideology and you're like okay i get it you're you guys think you're you're trying to help this group of people uh to reach peace and you think the only way to reach peace is through conquest and like building an empire okay Those are two fundamentally opposing viewpoints, and now I know why we have to fight. And this, uh, Witch Queen is good about that part. When it gets, if he is where it's, it's trying to get at these, like, big important revelations for all of destiny that makes sense if you know the lore but don't make sense if you're new Cause, cause, cause if, <laughs> so yeah because it's,
0: like, it's like at this point in the story it can't be like i feel like destiny used to just be like an expansion would come out and it would be like its own story and exactly. you know that's kind of a thing now it's like no no no. we it's know where it's going you ha- everything has to feel like it is building to the next thing like uh, an important thing has to happen so
1: and that has been, the game has been really good about those things Yeah. Lately. It's been great. But, it's
0: great if you're into it. If you know what's, what's yeah. up, it's fantastic. But, like, as a new player, you'd be like, what? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> well, and, like, I, yeah, at some point, I feel like the game has to kind of abandon worrying about those people. Or it's going to hold them back a little bit? I I agree.
0: It's just a shame because as we've mentioned before, this is like from a gameplay standpoint, this is the best and perhaps most approachable that Destiny has ever been. So it's such a shame that the story is like the opposite of that. Cause it's like mm-hmm. I want to tell everyone like the campaign's amazing. You should play it. Like it's really good. It's like it's it's classic Bungie. Like oh my god. But then it's like okay. But do I have to keep up with the story? And then I go oh right. <laughs>
3: well,
1: yeah. I think there's <laughs> enough story here that you at least can follow along more or less for sure. But yeah, there are definitely a few points where it just trips up, and there's just like not enough context. I really wanted somebody to stop in between missions and go like okay here's what we know, and here's why it matters, so right? They, like, and it's, just, they have it's this, just not quite enough. They have this
0: really great cutscene at the beginning of the game after the first mission where Ikora basically explains the whole setup, uh, which we actually didn't get to see because, like, our uh, our the server, like, bugged out for us and we just, like, crashed, yeah, which was a bummer I'm really for upset. us. I'm, I'm upset <laughs> about that too, but um, I would be more upset if I was a new player because I would have missed that entire setup, but I was a little, like, They should have put that at the beginning. They shouldn't have put Mm -hmm. that uh, before. Like, I get that they wanted to start, like, in media res, but I'm also like, no, maybe for new players, that whole thing that basically was like, hey, here's what was going on, and here's who Savathun is, and here's why this is a big deal. Like, you probably should have put that, like, up front for those players. Because it was basically (laughs) like, here's what happened during the last, like, year of seasons. Because this story, a a lot of the, like, um, I feel like the the crux of like Ikora and her her guilt and like her her character arc is very much tied to what happened in the seasons previously yeah so it it really it requires you to really understand that and and so like they could have they should have probably put that
1: up front yeah I kind of wish that just that Bungie would kind of just like go with what say the MCU did where at some point it felt like Marvel was just like, you know what? You're going to have to follow along. And if you're not following along, well, <laughs> If you sorry. didn't watch the TV shows, sorry. Well, like, <laughs> I mean, like, not quite that as much. And then maybe it's too much now. But, like, yeah. re- leading up to Avengers Endgame, for instance. right? Oh, sure. A lot, of th- a lot of threads were going on in a lot of different movies. They were not all necessarily equal to mm-hmm. one another. But a lot of them, you had to hit the broad strokes. You had to hit the Captain America movies you should probably hit the Thor movies. Like you needed to be in with the core team. Yeah. The reward of that was the character building and the storytelling was actually pretty good. And you got these like long-term character arcs where when you got to a certain Avengers movie, you understood where everybody was coming from and why they were conflicted the way they were and why they were upset about the things they were upset about. And destiny is doing that too. It's great. But yeah, I think you, like you said, it's, balancing those two things where it's like you've never heard of destiny before here we go let's try to run you through how guardians work real quick (laughs) you know (laughs) like that's just a big that's just a big ask it is to make a story that like really feels like it hangs together and it's my one big drawback with the with the story campaign is that like it feels like there are a few of those moments where i don't i don't think the game is selling itself on why this matters as much as it does you know
0: yeah, I would agree. And we can't we'll, we'll probably get more into that cuz those are super yeah. spoilery, but um yeah, David, do you do you have right. any uh any additional thoughts on the the story? How you felt about
2: it overall? No, not really. I mean, I think, you know, I I would man, I would just appreciate being able to have like a some kind of library or something to where cuz sometimes man, I even I lose track of like all the the little things and like the, you know, the more granular like relationships and the little stuff that happens between seasons, like like I genuinely sometimes forget. And that's why I rely on you, Phil, in Discord half the time. Where I'm like,
1: dude, I'm like, hey man, I write this- about this. <laughs> I write about this all the time. I forget constantly. Yeah, I forgot, I lose track of it all the time. <laughs> it's, it's
2: ridiculous. And it's and the thing is that like all this stuff is so cool too. Like, like it's not I'm not forgetting it because it's like boring or anything, I'm forgetting it because it's so complex. And and, it's just so much. Know, it's so much and it's so sick. And like you know, I mean, I look at my I look, I look, at my bookshelf and I have, like, encyclopedias for fucking World of Warcraft or, you know, uh, uh Skyrim and Elden, uh, Elder Scrolls and all that stuff. But, like, the Grimoire books that they've been releasing for Destiny lately, it's been such a nice, like, step in the direction of what I kind of am craving. But I really, really want this stuff in-game. I want the Grimoire in-game and not just the lore books that they have, but even just, like, kind of like a... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Need, it's,
1: it's Need a codex. A codex. A mass yeah. effect codex. Yeah, dude. literally yes. a mass effect codex. Absolutely.
2: That's what I want, you know? And like, you know that little timeline they have in the director tab where they like kind of give you a brief two sentence like summary of like, hey, in the timeline of destiny, there was a red war where this happened. And then, oh, yeah. Gabe dies and forsaken. Like, I want that. But for everything, please. Like, yeah, it, <laughs>
0: it, yeah like this. Yes. All they need to do, honestly, and and I say all they need to do as if this wouldn't be a ton of work, (laughs) which is like... Like I would be so happy if it was like okay, here's like some nice, you know, like pull in some of like your your concept art from like that current season or that current story, and then get like a nice voice actor to like read through again, like the codec, like you need that like right. you know Reaper indoctrination is you know like uh, like you mm-hmm. need that kind of person, like, yes, like you you need a um, and it would be really cool if they like I, I'm trying to think of like you'd have a character do it almost like I don't know who would do that though, like who who's like who's like it, the Lord I mean, is... I guess Icora like, right
1: yeah Rahul. Rahul you could
2: have Rahul could
1: do it oh, I don't like,
0: I don't want to listen to Rahul's voice for like 20 that's, true. Minutes, so that's, true. <laughs> that's true that's true um, that's true that's very true
1: I just the, the, like the, the speaker actually
0: probably would have been the best one um but yeah. they're not in the yeah. game anymore wah, wah. I just like
2: <laughs> I just want I, I just want it to to come from Bungie I'm I don't nothing against yes. Bife but like I don't want Bife to be the one to tell me stuff especially because like you know they can take youtubers can take liberties they can take you know educated guesses and things like that i personally like having Bungie tell me this is canon this is how it is this is how it works and it just makes it more complete you know and and, and that's what i crave personally
0: yeah I, I i agree i agree like i i think like uh, like lore kind of masters like bife like have their place for like sort of connecting the dots to a lot of the smaller stories and how they kind of tie in everything else but as far as just like i need this like basic encyclopedia of of you know like the the core important stuff to know like, yes I, I do think that's something that like bungie really needs to deliver in, yeah. in a very like slick way in game um
2: and official right because like and you official, know right. there's no question about it we're not guessing anymore we're not you know like predicting stuff like that we could save that for the internet like what well, what we have in game is confirmed reliable legit like that you know that, that's just what I. yeah like. yeah i agree mm-hmm
0: all right, well, uh, I think that kind of sums up our spoiler-free thoughts on uh, the Witch Queen. Overall, I mean, we're all really high on it. I would say it, it's it really is. I think one of like their best campaigns. Like it. I, oh yeah. Can I just say like how in crazy it is that uh, games like this that last this long always, you know, inevitably will have a point where they drop off in quality, right? It, right. It just it's just inevitable. And I'm sure that will one day happen with Destiny, but, like, they have been going for seven years, and it feels like they just keep getting better better and, better better and better. And so the fact that you can, like, point to Witch Queen and everyone who's played it is, like, this is the best Destiny has ever been is, like, honestly a huge achievement. Like, yeah. massive props to Bungie that, like, they have been able to, like, keep it going and keep up the momentum. And, like, through a lot of hardships, I mean, you know, they've... uh the, there was all the issues with like destiny one that i think for like a lesser studio could have just doomed it like you know they would have just been like mm-hmm. all right we're, we're abandoning this right and then like they had all this stuff where they left oh. activision and well i mean they did abandon i mean like abandon the whole thing no, right? no like, I, mean,
1: <laughs> I was gonna say we could point at other games with similar situations where that happened you know absolutely well, like, yeah like <coughs> anthem i mean <laughs> <laughs> anthem, uh
0: <laughs> avengers i mean they're still going on avengers but like it's just kind of falling really flat and and just seems to not really yeah. be there. It's like, a struggle.
1: This is a hard thing. This live game stuff is a hard thing to do. Yeah, it's it does a, not work out most of the time. It's
0: extremely hard, and the fact that Destiny, which is arguably not not to say like Destiny is like the first game to be a live service game, but I would say it was kind of the game that kicked off the current era of live service games that we live in. Yeah, um, it, if, it, especially it the balance shooters. between being like
1: yeah, it found a, the it it took that step away from being an MMO into some other new thing. Absolutely. That's what I know. We had MMOs. MMOs were a thing. This is something else. It's similar to an MMO, but it's not the same. Right. Yeah.
0: And they absolutely did not get it right at the beginning, hundred percent. (laughs) But if if, if you look back at where they are now, it's like, wow, that is, that is a monumental achievement in my
1: opinion. It's wild. It's It's so good now. It's really good. I love it. I think about destiny one. I was not a fan of destiny one. And like, it's just, i've I've turned so completely around on destiny over the years and it's because it just every time something new happens it gets better like they figure out a better Mm -hmm. way to do it they find a better way to make the world work the lore gets (laughs) better it gets better in the game it's just so good i was i I was listening to uh, bife's
0: um impressions that he put up on his youtube channel and something he said that i wholeheartedly agree with which is like can we now please stop putting the Taken King on this like pedestal as yes, like the best please. that Destiny's ever been or ever will be because like yeah that campaign was really good and it is like in terms of like the um importance it had in basically saving Destiny it's like absolutely but like this is just so much better than that in every way and like I think mm. like people have kind of had that like weird nostalgia goggles about uh destiny one and the in the taken king and and it's like at this point it's like come on you're just kidding yourself if you still think <laughs> that now after playing the yeah. witch queen like yeah. no way are you kidding me like come on <laughs> seriously
2: seriously it's just that roasting lenses man it's it's too hard for so much of the destiny community to take him off but thankfully mm-hmm. witch queen has like made such a compelling case that even like the most diehard, oh, you remember D one? It was so much better. They're they're not even talking about D one anymore. It is all Witch Queen and looking forward.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's great. And that's great. That's exciting. Um Well, so uh for those of you who stuck around who don't uh play Destiny regularly, uh, first off, thank you for uh hopefully you enjoyed <laughs> this conversation. Uh and hopefully uh you had a good time. We are now gonna transition over into our uh Deep dive into the spoilers. So, for those of you uh, who don't want to get spoiled, now's the time to maybe dip out. But again, thank you for watching. And uh, if you enjoyed this kind of uh, deep dive discussion, like let us know. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at John Luke uh, You can, if you're a part of the GameSpot After Dark Discord, uh, you can let us know there um, because I do think these are fun to do. Like, a, a, just a more like dive into one specific game that we normally don't get to talk about enough on the podcast. So, if you like this, let us know, because I would love to do these with more games. Um, Elden Ring would be a cool one, although I, like, don't want to bother Tam. Although, like, I don't know, Tam seems like he just always wants to talk about Elden Ring, so he'd probably be uh, he'd love it. I just He'd love it. He'd, he'd love it. Dude, I know yeah, he would. Like, uh, even though That's, that's going to be
1: a long episode. <laughs> it, it would be. It would
0: be. Uh, but please let us know. But yeah, now we're going to dive into some Witch Queen spoilers.
2: Uh, time for me to leave, I guess.
0: Oh shit, do you not finish? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding.
2: Uh, so are we, are we going to start with the with the bald guy or what? Yeah, oh man. Yeah, yeah, do we just want to get right
0: into that ending? Let's talk about The Witness. Let's talk about Megamind finally showing oh, up in, in Destiny. Megamind. How would you guys feel about that, that character design? It's got a very polarizing opinion. I've come yeah. around to it, I, I want to say. I think the problem is that it, it's sort of like, this is a problem that I think Pretty much everything ever has had which is you set up this like unknowable like cosmic horror that's just like you can't even describe it and then the second you have to give it some sort of shape like it loses a bit of its luster that's how i felt about yeah. the reapers in mass effect um that's how i feel about kind of this design a little bit where it's like okay you know, it was always like this voice, this, this, like, you know, yeah. uh, cosmic entity. And it's like, but I also get that, like, well, we need to give it a face so that you can punch it at the end of the final shape. <laughs> right, right. Because, you know, you gotta have a cool, that. you gotta have a cool, uh, boss fight. But I actually, like, looking at the design, like, I, I love the way the outfit kind of is, like, moving around and, and seems like it's just, it doesn't have, like, a, a, a fixed form. I love the mm-hmm. weird, like, faces, like,
3: Smoke, the smoke coming out of the yeah. head i
0: think it's just like the eyes and i mean the reality yeah. is they could also like it a uh, being like the witness. wreck well, on him a bit well like, yeah, like the being like the witness is very much like it doesn't have a shape and it just has to pick a form so the idea right. of like oh that wasn't even my real form i could he they could totally say like ah that was just for that cutscene. he's gonna change yeah. again <laughs> and, you know
1: look like whatever so uh yeah i would i would kind of like it to be a little more cosmic horror spooky. Like yeah. I felt like that was kind of what we were getting off the um the like clarity control and uh garden of salvation statues that we found. Yeah. I always I always felt like, oh we're gonna pull that thing off and it's gonna have like tentacle face like Cthulhu or something. And I'm mm-hmm. glad that they didn't do that. but True, true. I do think time, that
0: is a little played out like yeah, oh a it's played, a cosmic
1: horror. We gotta But I give did it want it to be like look <laughs> like, I wanted to I want it to look less like a space diplomat, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Weird, yeah. A little Solarian ish. Is right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, but I do, I do think that smoky head thing is the, is the coolest thing. It that such so a cool. great weird idea. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I think I like, I like the design more or less overall, but I do think I, where it loses me a bit is with the giant eyes. Like it looks a little too Disney princess. Well, um, yeah, it's
0: like the second you give something giant eyes, you're supposed to be like, oh yes, inviting. Although I guess right. that kind of maybe plays into the the character. It's like they don't oh, see themselves so as like, the villain. They're trying yeah. to. They're your friends. They're your right. you know like. You know what?
1: So like you know what I I kind of wish it was just a little more uncanny and maybe it still can be because we haven't get gotten that good a look at it really. Um, but you know, have you ever heard of like the not deer idea? No, it's like this. So the not deer is like this internet, um, cryptid kind of thing. And the idea is that like, it's a deer that you see in the woods or whatever, but instead of the eyes being on the side of the head, their eyes are on the front of the head because it's not really a deer. It's actually some kind of predator pretending to be, it's a mimic, right? It's like, it's that sort of thing. And I think there's still the possibility that this could have that sort of spooky feeling right where you're like oh it's uh it's just a person alien that like has big eyes and could be inviting because again it's and trying and to nice yeah because that's it's why like cute at the end but of, like maybe it's got teeth or something yeah like because you know? yeah. at the end of shadow keep that's why
0: it like appeared like your guardian it's trying to like right. ease you in right. so it's like that's mm-hmm. the idea is like it's trying to be like nah man like i'm just like you i'm friendly like we're you know yeah.
1: um well and that's that's been the whole last two years, right. too, right? It's like all these guns we've been getting, all this time we've been spending, it's, this is, thing has been trying to convince us to be pals. Right. Right? Yeah. So it, even it, in this like little cutscene.
0: It's trying to make itself feel more personable than The Traveler, which... Uh, mm-hmm. is, if anything, feeling more alien and more unapproachable as yes. it's gone on. And, I mean, that's kind of the big, like, that's the twist of this game. It is like, mm. It's, like, something that if you've been paying attention to Destiny lore, you kind of, like, knew was coming. It's always been there in the background. Is like, does the Traveler actually see us as a friend? Like, right. does it really care about us? Does it have its own agenda? And, like, 100% prove, like, it actually maybe doesn't really care about yeah humans it cares more tools. about winning its point and and like its argument the game yeah. that it's playing with the witness um yeah i mean which
1: although to yeah. be fair that information about the game came from the witness so just you know
2: sure meh. sure <laughs> just but, like one of those
1: just one of those grain of assault things is like a lot of these things are lies Potentially, but I but um, but.
0: I, I did think it was interesting that um, because I again, Bife also did a thing where he broke it down. Where like all the stuff it talked about with the game perfectly lines up with what it says in the final cutscene there. Um, like right. like the game stuff. So like I I I, it's like they're very they're kind of confirming that. Even
1: though yeah, you do have to sort of take oh, all that with a a grain. What of salt. I mean is just that that what we heard about the travelers' intentions or the travelers' ideology came from. The guy who wants to kill it. That's all I meant. Oh, for and sure. Yeah. Like... But, but
0: it's like, it kind of proves the point because it's like, I, I well, love that they're right? getting, they're getting into the idea of like, you think of, you know, I think Destiny's been trying to break down this idea that like light equals good and like dark equals bad. Like they're, that they're tied to like a moral perspective. Right. But right. in reality, mm-hmm. it's like, no, they're, they're simply like, uh, entities. They're like tools. They're, they're just like, you know... They're just
1: different forces of nature. They're, yeah, exactly. Realistic, forces of nature,
0: right? right? And that, like, they don't actually have a moral alignment, because if anything, the witness feels very strongly that they are actually morally in the right. Uh, so it's like, mm-hmm. they're it's, it's all a matter of perspective. And, like, the big twist of this game is that Savathun didn't steal the light. The Traveler just gave the Hive the light. The Traveler decided, you know what, actually, I do think the Hive should be the next race to get it. And that idea of like, but the Hive are genocidal monsters. They're terrible. Yeah. And yes, they're, they're tragic in that they were tricked, which they we, they kind of get into. But it still doesn't undermine the fact that they have done horrible things and will continue to probably do horrible things. And so it's like... <laughs> You know of
1: years too like the scale of this thing is important to know they've been doing this for yeah years. exactly and so it's
0: like the idea that the travelers, like yeah man you guys deserve that the light like something that for the longest time has been told to you is like oh the light is like a it's like a force of good and like you get it because you are good and you deserve it and it's like well the hive don't deserve it so why did the traveler give it to them and that like breaks zavala which is it's such a good cutscene i love it i yeah. love
1: that I, i've i been expecting bungie to to do this since day one basically like halo is also very much a game about religious beliefs not turning out the way you thought yeah <laughs> and, sure yeah. And, uh, it's kind of their and thing so yeah. like <laughs> it's like this has been a thing that's like we're going we're going somewhere with this um it's been taking a while to get there but yeah, I'm very into it. Um, there are also like just so many lingering questions about everything that we saw in the campaign. Oh my god, like, yeah. For instance, did the Traveler choose Savathun or did Imaru, the ghost, choose Sabathun? Mm, right? Right. Like, does the Traveler have anything to do with it? Is the idea that ghosts um only have one specific person that there is like their guardian is that a real is that real or is that just like what they've told themselves it's, it's weird all of this is very strange we don't really know sure right we don't know how the traveler works because the freaking thing won't talk to us. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well, and, and that like,
0: kind of i mean yeah that could be a, a great point too is like there's i guess there's this idea <laughs> that like nothing like that again it's like You know, like the traveler always has a plan, like, you know, like like traveler take the wheel kind of energy about it, right? Like Is this thing
1: God or isn't it? Is Is it is it it not? Like maybe
0: it's not. Like maybe the traveler just Because the the what what has sort of been said in the lore about the traveler is that it, it is more interested in the like chaos of life and isn't necessarily interested in like everything being perfect, but just life being allowed to do what it wants. And so maybe it's like you said, it's not that like the ghosts have to follow the will of the traveler. It's that the traveler made the ghost and said, y'all do whatever you want. It's fine. <laughs> and so like right. the fact that a even ghost... the ghosts
1: don't know, which is the funny part. Right. And so they like really maybe the fact it. that
0: a ghost decided, actually, I think this is the right thing to do. And I'm going to go do that is like, sure. The traveler maybe didn't tell Amaru, but like the traveler's cool with it because that's in the traveler's perspective. Like, the right thing like that's what they think life should be is making right. your own choices and not forcing it upon people right And just aligns free will, its or something yeah exactly
2: uh-huh.
1: free will. yeah
0: but free will um, comes with consequences like giving <laughs> uh, a genocidal race the you know light powers <laughs> yeah well, and here's
1: the other th- here's the other thing about that too like so a big part of this story is the fact that when you are resurrected as a guardian you are not the person you were when you died right yes you don't remember your past life and this has actually been a really important story point for the last year because we've been dealing with crow who used to be aldrin sov aldrin sov used to be a piece of shit, but he's not anymore right he, people can change to do a whole i think you should leave bit <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's the whole that's the whole thing about crow is that crow is not the same man he was before he was resurrected even though people have judged him in the you know in the lore in the background um uh, he's been like hassled by other guardians and other people who thought he was Aldrin, but he's not Aldrin anymore. He's not that guy. He's a different person. And that's true of everybody everywhere. Mm -hmm. Who's been a guardian. Even the people like on, uh, Anna Bray, Anna Bray woke up with like a badge on when she was first resurrected as a guardian that said, I am Anna Bray. And she's been like pursuing that and like using that identity and trying to learn about herself from the past. Mm -hmm. Um, because she's Anna Bray, but she's still not the same person that was Anna Bray before she died. Right. Yeah. So that if you take all that and apply it to Savathun, Savathun resurrected is not Savathun pre-resurrection. Right. And actually the whole story of Witch queen is how pre-resurrection Savathun left a whole bunch of weird breadcrumbs around so that she could get as close as possible to being that same person once she was resurrected. Yes. But she's not the same person. Yeah. So, if you go by that, like, yeah, the Traveler gave the light to the genocide race, but did it? Because mm. Savathun, Woken Up, is a different person well, than well, Savathun well, that's Billions something of Years kinda... of Genocide. <laughs>
0: I kind of wish they went more into cuz I feel like they exactly. kept that vague enough because I, one oh first off that twist that reveal was such a like for me I was like oh fucking duh like like <laughs> like they totally got me like I was that person who like fell mm-hmm. for it where it's like that's such an obvious answer but I just didn't even think of that and even process the idea that like she wouldn't even know and that like you were helping her the whole time, which is such a, a Savathune move, too, of, like, oh, turns out right. everything you were doing was, like, in service to her master plan. Like, I think they did a really good job selling her as, like, this ultimate, like, you know, uh, queen of, like, cunning and just, like, coming up with plans, like, the the best you can in, like, a campaign where you, you know, your main mode of play is shooting things. Like, I... Right. I do think no, that, was, really worked, that was something I, I was thought, worried yeah. about. Is like, well, the second you have to give Savathun a boss battle, how do you that kind of like takes away her mystique? But I do think they actually did a really good job. But yeah, it's like once she gets her memories back or like at least knows them, she kind of just goes back to being like the Savathun that you always sort of like think of. And it would have been maybe more interesting if they had actually had her like, oh, she got her, you know. Memories back but does she still actually want to go through with that plan is she still that same person that would have been interesting i get that maybe that wasn't the direction they wanted to take it and that's fine but i don't know
1: yeah i mean it's it's kind of a bummer to separate the Sabbathoon we've been interacting with for a year and change and you know and then have it be a separate person but i i also think it raises a bunch of interesting questions that we still have yet to deal with Mm-hmm. that could be very very cool for the for the next year i think we're gonna be dealing with Savathune for the next year i think that she's dead in name only basically do you right? think she will come um, back do you think they i think she's coming back oh yeah, yeah you think what do you think david i don't know i i mean like it's... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: like it's it's one of those things where i mean we we killed her in her throne room right
1: or no, she just ran yeah, away. Like, or no, it was she, her, the, ghost. The throne her ghost. World, disappeared. So the throne world situation doesn't work anymore. Right. Like, she's not immortal. That's a darkness thing. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The throne world still exists, but it's just a place. Right.
2: And not to mention her go- Yeah, her ghost did, like, just flee, right? And Mario was still... Yeah, he just bounced. Yeah, he's bounced. He bounced
1: with seemingly the help of the Traveler, <laughs> it should be noted. Yeah, again,
0: bringing the whole, tra- what's the Traveler's motivations in this? Like, hmm, what's yeah. that about?
2: who uh, who knows man and like it's one of those things where uh after the raid i'll have a better idea of, of kind of seeing like you know is, is Savathun still in play or if this is just going to be like another dreaming city curse situation where it's like it's her fingerprints but not her physically
1: yeah maybe could, that that's a good point
0: i i'm fully expecting a like adventure's end game where like you're at the final battle and then like they're like we're bringing everyone back and then like they bring they they that's, cart out Savathûn's corpse and then you know like they resurrect her and they're like you're going to help us now because I don't know that's kind of what I'm expecting so the, them to do
1: <laughs> the ongoing thing in the throne world if you guys haven't seen um there's the evidence board and the evidence board has a bunch of missions that take you to find other Savathûn memories oh and uh it's not just the evidence board but that's part of it yeah and she didn't just Leave the memories she needed for her plan that she was executing earlier in the campaign. There are other memories. She she anticipated dying. Yes, she left us a bunch of messages mm-hmm. basically, and like that's so. What I what I think the game is. Let me speculate for a sec. What I think they're building toward is that Sabathun recognized that she couldn't. She wants to be allies, right? She doesn't want to. She she realized that the darkness is garbage, and the worm Pact sucks, and that. All this genocide isn't actually worth it, Mm -hmm. and I think what the game wants us to to build toward is this whole life versus death conflict when we eventually all band together and fight the witness. We're already there kind of with the Eliksni, we're getting there with the Cabal, we're building these alliances where our former enemies are all kind of starting to align with us because we're the side of like, let's not die. And I think the Hive are going to get there too. But I think Sabathun, her actual ultimate plan is the fact that she knew that she, we would never buy it if she was like, no, I want to switch sides, bros. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like, how could you how could you possibly believe her? We have to get there on our own. We have to get to the decision of we killed you. But having taken all the information into account, we have to make the choice to bring her back Yeah. And yeah. that's what the game wants us to do, and when we get there, we're like, okay, no, actually, Savathun was right <laughs> about these things. Yeah, that's her ultimate. And then we her
0: ultimate play. Yeah.
1: And then we were, you know, we we have to make that choice ourselves, otherwise the alliance would never work.
0: Yeah. Right. And I mean, they've so. we we know from the. Uh, uh the dark timeline i think there were versions of the dark timeline where <clears throat> was like more on our side um i think there's like a couple versions but i want to say there was i could be wrong but i think there was one where maybe she was a little more i know there was one where she was like basically a thrall for uh eris which was fascinating yeah, but eris, like
1: eris like wrecked <laughs> it <was just> great. <laughs> she I probably love... wanted to avoid that yeah. i love that um, <laughs>
0: so... also i man, i totally this is like a little off tangent i i Completely got suckered by the um, the Mars Missive uh, lore book, right? Where I haven't read it. You, we did that. On, oh, you, sh- got you, should by that on you should you, you should read it. You should you should you should read it while you were doing it because basically, um, it's all these notes from different. Uh, people talking about like what's going on and and sort of like 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 hey, guardian, I'm messages just talking to, to you. you in particular. Yeah, they're messages yeah. to you, and so like there's <laughs> there's the one from Osiris of being like, hey, like I did this because you know I actually believe Savathun's like an ally, and then there's mm. one where like Keidel messages you and she's like, hey, I found uh Osiris's corpse on oh. Nessus. So whoever you have is definitely not Osiris, and you should not trust that. And you should probably, like, burn that body. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? That's crazy. And it Mm. keeps escalating. We're like, you know, uh, Zavala is like, look, I think Ikora is kind of too far gone, and, like, I think she should step down, and, like, I think you should become, like, a part of the Vanguard. And I was like, this is getting weird. And then at the (laughs) end, you get one from Eris. Uh, that's like, hey, um, turns out like Savathun was really interested in you in particular and uh, was probably messing with some communication. So if you've been getting any weird messages the last couple of days, (laughs) you should probably look into that. And I was like, oh, this was all truth to power bullshit. None of this is real. God damn it. Like all of this was her trying to fuck with you because she probably like, set up some bullshit in the tower a year ago of like yo when i lose my memories i want you to play all these messages and send them to the guardian and i was like fuck. oh i love that <laughs> yeah, it's so it's good. good so i was like oh Do they that's... totally got me it's funny there are in i the... think secrets in that lore book that yes we yes so, yeah, yeah like, she even like, says like go back and look for like hidden messages and there's totally yeah, like, there's like some numbers stuff there's in a there. code
1: there's a code in there i'm definitely i'm checking in on uh on reddit here and there to try and figure out what's going on yeah on there.
2: There was even, a, it's interesting you mentioned how, like, that that Mars Missive, they were talking about how, oh, shit, maybe, you know, Savathun, like, fucked with the, the tower comps and stuff. Because even leading up, like, outside of the game to the launch of the Witch Queen, like, Bungie's Twitter account was, like, hijacked by Savathun, right? And then yeah. eventually there was, like, this apologetic post from, like, the Vanguard being, like, uh... Nothing's really going on. Don't worry, guys. Uh, we apologize if you've gotten any weird comps coming your way. <laughs> so it's kind of like this, like funny meta thing that ties into that. That's really, that's yeah. really, really good.
0: And and you can really like dive into that stuff and look at just like how much some of this stuff was seeded and so clever. Like I was talking about it with Phil, where it's like you you uh, one of the big events of season lost was that she told Crow who he was and gave him yeah. back his memories, and you go like well what was her motivation for doing that and and there's could be multiple motivations that we don't fully understand but i now realize part of that was her testing if that works if you can yep. give a guardian back their memories so that she could have you do it to her and yep. i was like yo they fucking set that up in advance like they seeded that yep. moment yep. and i'm like there's probably so much of that that like we haven't even like noticed or missed yet and i i yeah, I like cannot wait to just like deep dive into all these little tidbits that and and doing. also
2: and also like if you get your memories back, are you a different person or are you still? Do you go back yeah. to who you were? Right? Like yeah, yeah. She, I brought again, this up about Crow yeah. because
1: Crow is still Crow even though he remembers being Aldrin. There's actually lore about this where he was like having a conscious. He was having a, a crisis of identity where he went to um, Venus. And like did a thing that Aldrin had done. He like fought on Minotaur without the light or something like that. And it, it was a test for himself to to figure out how he felt. And he's like, am I still that guy? Because he doesn't want to be that guy. That's right. And, 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 that's and he so goes sick. through the whole thing. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's about so- how he's like, no, I'm still me. Even though I was him, even though I remember being him, I'm not him. I'm me. That's so right? awesome. So that might be, like, that
0: explains a lot, because you Savathun would have saw that and said, okay, well, it worked kind of, but he still rejected his old self. How can I avoid that for me? And there's this whole thing where at the beginning, when Savathun's ship shows up, everyone's like, she's been gone for a week. Why is she revealing herself immediately? This doesn't make any sense. And you go, well, she probably realized I need to have this happen as quickly as possible because I need to get my memories back before I have a chance to develop what is essentially a a whole new personality. Yeah, Like there's a time limit. I need to get the Guardian to reveal my old memories to me right away so that I don't have time to become a different person.
1: Okay, here's another aspect of this whole thing that I've been thinking about. So in order for her to pull off this whole thing, she had to get help. She had to get a bunch of people involved who would basically guide her because like, like you just said, she doesn't remember who she is. It's been a week. She got like, one assumes immediately advice from Amaru and also the rest of the hive, right? They've been telling her what to do because like for the for the last week, Sabathun has been memoryless, random new person, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay. So she, she had to have talked to Amaru before he became her ghost in order to set this up. Right. For one thing. And two, like whatever she whatever crumbs she left, whatever instructions she left for like the people in charge of her. And actually I think there are lore things to this effect. But they've been guiding her and also like doing all the stuff that we've been dealing with in the throne world. That hasn't necessarily been Sabbathoon Right? So like anyway, I, I, all I all I mean to say is that this this adds this whole extra layer of like who's responsible Mm. for all this stuff and what is the person who we're dealing with who are they really right uh because like okay so if we kind of assume that savathun has just been following instructions that she left for herself that have been coming through these other characters who may or may not have their own agendas and who may or may not have changed the message on delivering it You know, like, what does that, what does that mean for everything that we've seen so far or that we could see in the future? Yeah. Anyway,
2: I love that shit. It's burning my brain. I love love, love that stuff so much. Yeah. And
0: and that we kind of talked about it earlier, but it's like that stuff is um, so good. But I do agree with what with you, Phil, that like the execution of it in the moment in, in the campaign did fall kind of flat at times where like maybe like it's just like like that cutscene where they reveal like all oh, it was all like i don't know like it's hard to describe but there was like something about it where it's like this moment on paper works really well and thinking back on it i love like what they did but something about the execution of the of the cut itself like didn't quite well work
1: like i was saying i think it i think the big lack is that it it needed a moment where somebody put it in context for you and nobody ever did. Yeah. Right. Like there's a line. We talked about this goofy line where you've got your guardian. Uh, you realize she 17 says something like, wow, all these memories. Thanks. And you're like, why would she?" your guardian goes? Why would she need her memories if she forgot? If she them?" Remembers Or, or something. Or she it's remembers. Like, it's, yeah, just, yeah. it's just like, what <laughs> does that mean? And it takes you a second to realize, oh, we're talking about Guardian stuff. And it's like, it's just like, you could have written this line a little differently that would have sold it in a way that gets the lore across. Or, even more usefully, you could have talked about it after the fact. Like, have some con- characters have a conversation right. about it and that would sell that a little better well (laughs) it's just like Mm -hmm. little things like that you you know you
2: also mentioned though phil that like this seems like a problem that almost plagues the expansions and not the seasonal stories right like it's almost like there's you know maybe there's like a bungee exec because it's a big expansion and they come in they go no, no 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 you can't dive into this too hard or you can't like explain it this way you have to you know dial it back or dumb it down or just generalize it to a well, point where maybe it doesn't come off the way that i think it it's, should, right
1: i think it's that balancing issue i think it's that when you put out a big expansion especially one that has a million pre-orders right and seems like it's getting a lot of people interested in the game again you have to write your story stuff with them in mind because you've got a bunch of people who aren't going to know what the what the hell is going on if you've got people who are in the seasons they've they're committed to being in the seasons you can kind of like expect them to follow along a little better you know, and I think it's that it's that balancing act that it's just like it. That's a hard, that's a hard thing to nail. And you know, at times it does better than others. And this is one of those things that like is a little weak. I think another one that's a little weak is the big reveal at the end, where like we find out that Sabathun was tricked by the worms, mm-hmm. and it's like, didn't they know that? I'm pretty sure they did because Sabathun did a whole thing to get rid of the worm, right? <laughs> like. It's not,
0: well, maybe that's not a super, it's like, they could have explained that a little better because I guess I always interpret it more as exactly. She they didn't, didn't want to get rid bit. of the worm. Cause she knew she was tricked or she just kind of was like, maybe she did know she was tricked, but it was more like, she just knew that like this sucks and I don't want this anymore, but like, I think, well, maybe I mean, she didn't that's... know that very specific, like she didn't, I think the, 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 the thing she didn't know was that the traveler was going to uplift them. Like that's the part she yes. did not know. And like that's right. the thing that like really they were, dives in, like they're you know, jabbing in the, the knife to her of like, hey, this yes. was
1: all like Avoidable, you and, right? and, and,
0: and it's a better per- life was possible. And, and it was specifically through. her fault because she was mm-hmm. specifically the one who was tricked. And like that's even for someone like Savathun, it's kind of a lot to deal with. Like learning that. Yes. of Like I'm kind of the reason my entire race ended up the way it did. And like, well, and
1: I think she's I think even in the books of sorrow, she like suspects that this could be the case and that part of what we're selling here is the fact that like because she lost all her memories she's also getting like this huge this huge bombshell dropped on her that you know in the past she would have had a whole long time to kind of come to terms with and we're just like kind of blasting her with this nope it's all your fault information you know all at once yeah, pretty yeah. much And so even if she had suspected these things on her own, she had come to suspect them over a really long period of time and maybe, you know, could have rationalized them or, or dealt with the guilt or whatever. And us, us dropping that on her in the middle of a boss fight basically is, is a lot of mental load for her to, to bear, I think. But yeah, anyway, even if, even if you kind of make it that concession for it though, it's like, yeah, like I don't, I don't super get why this is the, the revelation you want it to be in this context. Right. Yeah. Like this is Savathun had to have thought about this. I mean, she, there's a moment in the books of sorrow where she, she's like, she goes to Oryx and she, knows, she's like, you know, uh, I've been looking in the sword logic thing and I just want to let you know, I have not found definitive mathematical proof that what we think is absolutely true. Right. It could still be wrong. It might. It seems probably true, but it may be. I still haven't figured. I I still haven't solved it for sure. And it's like, yeah, these, you know, these characters have been thinking about this and they've been dealing yeah. with it for millennia. So they can't, they couldn't have, it can't be that big of a deal. I don't know. But, but, I, but, but, I think, but again, I think it's there's like, more to it than what we got out of the story.
0: Right. Basically. I guess, I it's like, guess it's like the, the theory you're going off of is like that. well, because she lost all her memories, so she doesn't, She you know, lo- even though she regained some of her memories back, like, it doesn't work where you necessarily just, like, remember all your years of pondering, so maybe, maybe like, right. that's why it still kind of worked, because really the whole point was just, like, we need to basically throw her off her game enough that we can take her out, so... Right. Yeah. I think, that's,
1: I think that's what we're supposed to take away from it. I, th-
0: I think so, too, but I, I agree. It's, like, the pieces are there. It's just, like, uh eh, it could have been, like, a little... I don't know. Yeah. the execution just. Could I think have been there's a, a delivery. Better. Yeah, right. I think yeah. there's a
1: delivery there that makes that make a little more sense. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I think the big revelation that we got from that twist is less for Sabathun and more for us. Oh, 100 percent. Like, yeah. You know, like that. The witness was involved. The witness was specifically lying to people. The witness was finding a race to use the way that the traveler used us, and that may even be why guardians exist. Is because the witness forced. The traveler's hand, right, and it needed a yeah something equivalent to the hive, you know, of the light power, pretty much. So, mm-hmm. like, that's all useful information, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, that's a huge blowout for Sabathoon in particular, you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying to think of what else.
1: Look at this. What else do we yes, want? Yeah, what,
0: yeah, what else would we want to talk about? I mean, I, Riven. I, Oh, oh, just the, oh. like the ahamkara. Like, I mean, like, yeah. If we you just want to talk about like specifics from the story, that whole ahamkara thing was just really fucking cool. Because like, what yeah. what, a, what a sick little thing. I can't imagine I, what that'd be like as a new player. You're like, whoa, what the fuck is what happening? What is this?
2: <laughs> you know, I I think it, it this is kind of a callback to earlier in the conversation when we were talking about the diversity and like how different and just you know self contained every mission felt and. You know, I didn't want to bring it up then because obviously the whole like Riven memories is is definitely a spoiler. But like, dude, just that the exploration of the pyramids and like going into them and seeing like the walls shifting and then going to the missions with the memories and Riven popping out like I man, I can't even I I don't even know how to put it into words. I just remember (laughs) literally, uh, especially with the Riven part, I was actually doing like a, a personal test stream. And one of my clanmates was watching and he literally started dying because my jaw actually dropped like throughout that whole campaign. I i mean, it was the last thing I expected. I, you know, you could put a gun to my head and be like, you have one chance to guess what's about to come out. And I, I would never, I would not be able to tell you, I would, I've never have guessed Riven like, and just seeing him come out. I, I was so, I was kind of scared. I was like, is this a raid now? Is this like it, <laughs> what's going on you know like it was so terrifying man it was so terrifying and it was so cool yeah you're like quick you gotta go pull
0: up your chart with uh the different yeah. eyes and the order with you gotta shoot the, like the, oh, you remember with them the
2: <laughs> with the symbols man oh
0: i honestly was like oh god do i have to shoot the eyes in the correct
1: order like fuck all right right. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> right? it took me a minute to figure out how to how to get through there yeah yeah for
2: sure it also made me appreciate Riven's design, like just again, because it's been a minute since I've you know seen Riven. Oh, it's such I a go- look yeah, it's so good, yeah, so good, so good, man, so good.
1: Um, yeah. Do we want to talk about I guess like the Void 3.0 or the Exotics? Oh thing, yeah. If anything yeah, you want
0: to say about it? Um, I personally I don't I don't necessarily like I don't know they're they're cool.
1: Uh, voice I'm liking those guns. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like the void changes. Yeah, Vo-
2: Void 3.0 was huge. It was actually a big part for me and my builds of getting through the legendary campaign. I mean, sure, I only played sure. it on, on Warlock. I did a little Titan later, but the Warlock's changes are, man, they, they are, they're something else. Like, you know, you have the aspects and specifically the one aspect is called like Child of the Old Gods, which I don't know if you can get a name more Bloodborne than that, But <laughs> uh, yep. but but that thing is so sick. And it's like, it's like this new element of like, kind of being a vampire you know you have this orb that pops up when you throw your rift down and after a while it'll just turn into like this heat seeking missile that chases other enemies and it'll start like siphoning the life out of them and and i i haven't been able to tell if it gives you life like if you're hurt or if it just like keeps them maybe tethered or like weakened or something but i loved seeing that thing run around and then you know there was that one uh seasonal artifact mod from when seasons first came out and it was like oppressive darkness or whatever, which quickly became like the most OP mod ever, like a must have, you know, it it basically turned every, um, damage that you would do with a gun into like a critical hit. And warlocks basically have this like intrinsically. I mean, actually I think every, uh, uh, class has it because it's, it's a fragment. It's just the one that says that your grenades, um, You're like, or your void abilities will weaken targets. And so I was crutching this thing left and right, like just throwing my grenades out, having an enemy be weakened and then launching a rocket and just watching like 50 million yellow numbers just pop up in a location. It was so cool. And absolutely, the Void 3.0 was one of my favorites and feels kind of like the classic Bungie thing where whenever they introduce a new build, it's always a little too hot right out the Mm -hmm. gates and they have to like Mm kind of, you know, dial it back a bit. Um, so I'm pretty sure once we get like Arc 3.0 and Solar 3.0 in the upcoming seasons like the Void 3.0 might take a back seat. But right now it is all I want to equip. It is all I want to play with. It is fantastic. Yeah. I love it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really just dig the the level of customization that this stuff keeps bringing to the game. And it's like it's getting better and better and better about all this stuff. I remember playing D1 and never really caring about my equipment for like most of that experience it was only really toward the end that it started to matter at all and we've come so far on that whole point where like now loadouts are so much more interesting and not that they like require you to use certain things although that's still the case at times and i think bungie wants to get away from that as much as possible but that they're offering all these different ways that actually give you a lot of cool opportunities to just do different things and void's really cool like uh, i've been playing titan which i don't do very often and i'm trying to build out like a sort of over um situation where i'm just constantly like bussing people with my shield and getting a shield and like running up and punching somebody else and you can do that that's a whole thing and it's pretty cool um i i really liked in like we were talking about this david uh where everybody we've talked to or heard from went into this legendary campaign with a different yes, set of guns yes, and yes. it worked for everybody absolutely and it's so good like i played that entire thing with like arbalest mm-hmm. and i i caught this like sick um new pulse rifle that i really liked with dragonfly that was super good for cleaning up little guys and then i had um a rocket launcher i liked and i was like this is it i've got it this will do and you know arbalest was great for just picking off anybody who was a problem. Uh, the rocket launcher was great for cleaning out whole rooms of guys or hitting bosses really hard. And then I had that pulse rifle for anything that was going to, you know, come at me from any kind of range I could handle. Yes. But I didn't play with like half the other guns I've heard. You had G- Gelloron the whole time. I've heard a bunch of people like Trinity Ghoul. Yep, uh Trinity Ghoul. Tiku's,
2: like just so many different exotics too.
1: And it's just, there's, I haven't heard of anything that didn't really work, which is sick like that's awesome because a lot of the problem with destiny sometimes can be that like okay here is the loadout right now use this or you're stupid basically yeah exactly Mm. and that's been a problem for a long time and the game keeps pushing away from it and we're and it's it's working like it it's working and void 3.0 feels like it's really working i can't wait i haven't played hunter at all i know people have been complaining about hunter that's what i usually play but the idea that you can just like be invisible basically all the time it's pretty good it's hilarious to me and i can't wait to. (laughs) to.
0: it's it's pretty dang good uh for sure yeah um yeah i don't know like i need to mess way more with it i think for me like void has always been like one of the classes i just like haven't spent enough time with so for me it was Mm -hmm. like okay yeah like the um i could definitely go invisible more but um i personally haven't like (laughs) really dive into it and like seeing like what's the true potential of it but i i'm definitely more interested in it than i was before for sure mm. uh like i just feel like the level of like I, I think i need to like really re-deck some of my armor to work more around like uh, grenade and melee is kind of the big thing um because a lot yeah. of aspects were really focused around that stuff yeah, so i absolutely. think once i do that i'll really start to see like the the potential of the build
2: yeah, grenade specs is, has been huge uh this season, especially with the nerfs to like super recharge rates and like putting all the supers into like different tiers now and things like that. So if you are going to rely on abilities, like yeah, grenades are so, so nice. Especially combined with um that one arm piece, turning it into like a stasis affinity where you get like the grenade um things like grenade kickstart or grenade kickback. It's like some some weird thing like that. But yeah, having a grenade build with void three seems like is kind of what uh where it thrives the most,
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. It seems like the warlocks can do some pretty ridiculous things from what I was reading on Reddit. Um, I've I've yet to see like really really sick cla- uh, builds for the other two classes, but seems like they're they're possible at least. And I want to mess around with it. I want to like gonna throw on Doomfang pauldrons and like see how much nonsense I can get up to. Throw shields, yeah, mm-hmm, totally stuff like that. Totally. <laughs> like, so.
0: All right, is that it? Right. Are we Have we have we destined, have we destined <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: ourselves out? <laughs> we, we, yeah. we, man, we covered a lot. I mean, you know, this is good. That might be Those it for now. Yeah, for, for now. now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> See us in a week. There's still a raid. Yeah, dude, the there's still a seasonal story. There's there's still a lot. Yeah, there's, there's a I lot. I would in.
1: like to talk about the raid after we run it. I'm very excited. Oh, yeah,
0: well. yeah. We'll we'll see if we end up doing that, but uh, yeah. But hey, er, thank you for sticking around, everybody. I uh, hope you enjoyed this discussion uh, about Destiny 2, the Witch Queen. I think, um, man, it's it continues to be exciting to be excited about Destiny. Yes, <laughs> yes. What a what a great
2: way to phrase that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, thanks again, everyone, for watching. Uh, like I said before, if you've enjoyed these. This kind of deep dive discussion, like, uh, please, like, let us know. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter. You can go into the uh, Gamespot Discord. Uh, you could hit up Phil uh, and David on Twitter as well. I think you guys are like, what, at Phil Hornshaw and at David Amati, mm-hmm. correct?
2: At Rashby57. At
0: Rashby57. Rashby
2: if anything, you should just watch our, our uh, you guys should watch the video that Jean-Luc and I made, and that mm-hmm. that'll be, that's all I want. that's all David wants David just wants
0: (laughs) cool video stuff for Destiny (laughs) (laughs) well we'll keep trying to make that happen but anyway thank you everyone for joining us uh, and we'll hopefully see you on the next one Bye 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 later